Good evening, it is 5 p.m. and you're tuned in to Kingston Currents here on CFRC 11.9 FM. I'm CFRC's broadcast journalist Christina Laurie here to keep you up to date on all things Limestone local news. This segment of Kingston Currents will be featuring two interviews, firstly discussing the recent release of the Kingston Speaks Inclusion Report in collaboration with Kingston Community Health Centers and the Kingston Police. Secondly, we'll discuss the Greater Kingston Chamber of Commerce's City Council Report Card and their upcoming local business awards. In late April, Kingston Community Health Centers released their Kingston Speaks Inclusion Report. The role of KCHC in this partnership with Kingston Police was to support the Kingston Police in a series of community consultation forums to gather input from the broader Kingston community. Kingston Community Health Centers agreed to facilitate culturally responsive sessions for equity-deserving and underrepresented populations. The Kingston Police committed to creating a more inclusive dialogue with the Kingston community and stated explicitly that the project would inform the creation of a Kingston Police Community Inclusion Council. While the final report and recommendations were presented to the Kingston Police in July of 2022 and despite requests from KCHC, as of April 2023, the Kingston Police had not yet agreed to a collaborative release of the report or to accept KSI's implementation plan. At this point, 10 months after the submission of the completed report and one year after the agreed-upon end date of this project, KCHC felt strongly that they had to honor their commitment to share the report with the agencies and community members who shared their thoughts, experiences, and opinions over the course of the consultation process. On April 24th, KCHC also sent a formal letter to Acting Chief indicating disappointment in the lack of progress and their intention to share the report publicly in order to complete the final KCHC deliverable of this project. Hearing no response on April 28th, KCHC sent the report and an update letter to all organizations and people who had been part of the project, and published it to the KSI webpage. Kingston Police have since shared the report via media release, along with a statement expressing commitment to EDI work and some of the recommendations in the report. Kingston Police have also indicated that they've used KSI report recommendations in the creation of their 2023-26 strategic business plan. Yet, despite multiple requests, Kingston Police leadership have never provided KCHC with an opportunity to review how the KSI report written by the KCHC team was integrated into the strategic plan. Last week, I sat down with Wendy Vike, Director of Community Health at Kingston Community Health Centers, to discuss the work that was put into this project, the completed report, and the current state of dialogue between the Kingston Police and Kingston Community Health Centers in regards to this project. So to get us started, would you like to introduce yourself and your role with Kingston Community Health Centers? So my name is Wendy Vike, and I'm the Director of Community Health at Kingston Community Health Center. And in that role, I oversee programs um, that uh, are for children, seniors, newcomers, youth, uh, and many other groups as well. So today we're mostly here to talk about the Kingston Speaks Inclusion Project, which you were a part of, that began almost two years ago now. Would you like to provide some background on the development, purpose, and execution of this project? KCHC, the Kingston Police approached KCHC, and I think in the spirit of um, being able to reach some of the more um, equity-deserving and uh, underrepresented populations in our community. So at KCHC, we have close to 10,000 patients and clients um, from many groups, and really as a community health center, we really look toward helping people improve the social determinants of health and, and with the goal of breaking the cycle of poverty. And um, the Kingston Police, I think, realized that we had very strong and close connections with many groups. Uh, we have our site on Weller Avenue, which um, where we have many programs at the Street Health Center. We're present at the Integrated Care Hub, and we have other sites in Napanee. 
Um, and so, so I think we were, we were pleased that the police contacted us and, and understood that we could, um, bring, have a closer connection with, um, underrepresented groups. And from that sort of brainstorming, we designed the Kingston Seeks Inclusion Project as a way to, our goal was to interact with 500, um, participants and we were able to connect with 470. And some took part in surveys and other in focus groups. And so uh, I feel that we had uh, and have a very strong voice of our community members. And so we gathered the information, and then the report was created. And, um, and we did go through GREB at Queen's, so we certainly have ethics approval um, for this research. And the report was generated, and we share that with police and uh, with recommendations on ways in which they could improve their approach to equity, diversity, inclusion, indigenization, and accessibility. And uh, we shared that um, report with the police, but understanding that they had a change in leadership, which I know was challenging for them. Uh, and we have shared the report and the recommendations for moving forward. And unfortunately, um, there, we just didn't see um, uh, uptake on that. More recently, the police have um, stated that they've taken the recommendations into consideration with their own, within their strategic plan, which is great. And I know the city of Kingston has been working on that as well. Um, but we are disappointed that um, that in our perception that Kingston Police has not. Um, embraced the recommendations of the report at this time. Mm -hmm. Well, I believe the final report was presented to the Kingston Police in July 2022. Were they largely unresponsive until recently? So they, I would say they were responsive. We had many mm -hmm. meetings on how we would move forward. And so we had lots of dialogue around that. And so I certainly wouldn't say they were unresponsive mm -hmm. in that regard. I think it was more that action was not taken. Mm -hmm. And um, and then the change in leadership, I think, was a challenge for them. And um, and there just seemed to be a lack of uptake on the recommendations to, to create more accountability and transparency within Kingston Police. Mm -hmm. And just confirming the timeline here, on April 24th, KCHC uh, sent a formal letter to the acting chief indicating disappointment in the lack of progress and intention to share the report publicly. Has there been a response to that specific letter that you're aware of? Not that I'm aware of, no. What were some of the intended tangible outcomes of this project in collaboration with Kingston Police? I really think, in my mind, the most tangible piece of this, um, first and foremost, is the, the voices of our community members who so bravely and willingly shared their thoughts and feedback and experiences. And when I say willingly, um, it really... It really, there were people who were very reluctant to share their opinions. Um, in some cases, there seemed to be two themes around that. One, that people were fearful that, that, um, if they spoke to us and shared their feedback, I think they were fearful that there could be consequences for them. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was one piece. And the other piece, the other theme around this was that, um, nothing would change. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't a real sense of optimism or confident that um, that this kind of work would, would result in any meaningful change within Kingston Police or our community. And so our wonderful team of researchers um, and their interactions with 
uh, our community members, they did spend a lot of time uh, ensuring, reassuring people that this work was very important and that we were taking it seriously and that Kingston Police were as well. So we were very hopeful and optimistic at that point. And, and as a result um, of people's willingness, that's how we ended up with the 470 participants. And so, so that piece, of that, that voice, I think, is, is the, the most tangible piece of the report. And secondarily, um, the recommendations. So I think that the recommendations are very clear and very tangible and and at the same time just very logical and with a, a tremendous amount of common sense. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I do think that the, the results of the report to around recommendations for police to change their recruitment processes and procedures to really uh, apply that EDIIA lens to their recruitment. Um, looking at mandatory training for members and um, training that would certainly um, provide some um, cultural competency, cultural humility training. Um, there are a few buzzwords around that topic right now. But certainly also that training would be very much trauma-informed. Uh, we are very committed to that at KCHC. And when we look at people's experience around trauma and some of the behaviors or tendencies or experiences of many of the people who took part in this report, those who are um, housing insecure or uh, living rough or um, uh, having a variety of challenges in our community, um, with a trauma responsive, trauma-informed lens, um, we would really like to see police officers take a, a view of not necessarily what did you do, but what happened to you which would then lead to a greater level of compassion and empathy. Um, the training, we also would like to see more experiential training for, for new recruits and existing staff within the department, um, and increasing the exposure to diverse communities. Um, one of the ideas that I really liked was the idea of a, a reverse ride-along, so helping members of the police department um, uh, really uh, have that experiential learning opportunity um, to to be able to empathize at a greater level with our community members. So, uh, other recommendations were certainly for an accountability committee that was not operationalized by members of the police department, but by community members and with them again a diverse mix of um, community members, um, and looking at new training around de-escalation. Um, uh, we know that there are mental health, mental health crisis situations that are on the rise and um, to really include um, some of the professionals and experts and people even with lived experience around mental health crisis, so having social workers or crisis workers uh, more present. Um, and really, I think, looking at ways to rebuild trust in our community. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the highlights of the results of the report. And for me personally, I think anything around the trauma responses piece is key, but also having that accountability committee um, to really help shift um, what historically, in my mind, has been that sort of um, that feeling of a brotherhood um, within police uh, departments of that um, sort of method in the past of um, holding one another accountable, I would really like to see the, our community members 
look at um, at driving that accountability piece. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for giving us a very clear picture of the intended outcomes of this report and the accountability framework you have in mind. The full report is available online for those interested, but taking a step backwards, I was wondering if you'd like to share uh, some of your findings which informed these recommendations. I can, I mean, there, there, there's lots of data and, and stats in this, um, in the report that are quite powerful and well presented in that they're um, easy to, to read and to understand. But I think um, for me, uh, it was really the the anecdotal information and the story. And I can I honestly can say that there were times that our researchers were in tears hearing the stories of some of our community members, and um, and sadly the amount of fear that some of our community members uh, feel toward the police. And you know, for so so many of us, I know when I was a child, and I was always told, you know, if you're if you're in trouble, find a police officer, and um, and that for me in in my life was um, uh, provided me with comfort, but dealing with some of our community members for whom their view is completely opposite was quite distressing mm -hmm. and and hurt and gut-wrenching for people. So so the stories and that information, the kinds of um, information we heard through that anecdotal piece, that was what was most powerful. What do you think are the next steps as a team at KCHC and in your relationships with Kingston Police? I think KCHC at our core, we are collaborative. In fact, it's one of our key values to, be, to collaborate and to be innovative. And I feel that we were in taking on this work um, we were both collaborative and and really wanting to be innovative and, and drive meaningful change in our community. And um, so I'm certainly always open to that um, and would certainly collaborate with the police and the community and, and the city to, um, to build upon this very valuable research. Having said that, uh, my, my first commitment is to our community members. And so we felt that it was important to share the results of the report and to um, honor their participation. And because they were, as we've stated in a number of places, they were very brave to take part. And so we really wanted to honor that. And we'll continue to do that. And, um, and we will continue to be proponents of, of change and helping people make informed choices. And, we, my goal is to continue the dialogue um, with all of our stakeholders. And so um, we work closely with a number of other organizations who focus on EDIIA, and um, we're really thrilled to be doing that important, meaningful work. And in fact, we just had our all-staff meeting yesterday at KCHC, <laughs> and that was our, our key theme. And because we know that, the, that all organizations have more work to do, and um, and and we need to continue to learn. And I hope that we do that as a community in a collaborative way. Once again, that was Wendy Vike, Director of Community Health at Kingston Community Health Centers. Speaking to the recently released KSI report and the current state of the project after the delayed release. If you'd like to read the report, it is available on their website at kchc.ca slash weller avenue slash KSI. Also in local Kingston news, the Greater Kingston Chamber of Commerce has released the very first City Council report card. 
The report card is a quarterly document that tracks how City Council voted on business issues which came to the full City Council during its meetings in January, February, and March of 2023. In the first quarter of 2023, 12 business-related motions came to Council. Of those motions, eight motions resulted in positive business outcomes marked in green on the report, while four of them were either negative, marked in red, or contained potential business concerns marked in yellow. The overall rating for the quarter was green. I sat down with CEO of the Greater Kingston Chamber of Commerce, Karen Cross, to discuss this report as well as the quickly approaching local business awards on Thursday, May 18th. Just to get us started, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Karen Cross and I'm the CEO of the Greater Kingston Chamber of Commerce. Fantastic. And for folks who are not familiar with your organization, who makes up the Greater Kingston Chamber of Commerce and what kind of work do you do? Happy to share. We are the, just so everyone knows, um, the Greater Kingston Chamber of Commerce is one of Canada's oldest chambers of commerce. Uh, though what we've been doing has changed over the last 182 years, we have our core principles, which remain the same. We champion causes for businesses in Kingston and the surrounding area. Um, we make connections through our three levels of government to help our businesses grow and succeed. We do that through um, networking, our advocacy work, and through the event programming that we do for our 650 members and their 18,000 employees. Great. And the Q1 report card for the uh, City Council was released in terms of their relations with the business community. This is the first of its kind. Would you like to speak a bit to the purpose and contents of this document before we get into the details of this year's? Great. Thank It's a great question. And this, the report card came about through our advocacy committee, which is, again, is a member-led um, committee that is staff that is supported by chamber staff. And the team there wants to review motions that City Council has made on a quarterly basis to identify um, issues that were related to the business community. And again, we're only looking at motions that have been made that reflect the positions of and concerns of our membership base. And we have three uh, specific areas that our membership is concerned with right now and, and wanting to make sure their voice is heard on. And the number one concern is housing, which is, is not unique to Kingston, and um, but it is, is the number one priority here. Workforce development, and of course, having access to primary health care. So you'll see this report card, the first of its kind, and the first one we've released, really is most of the motions were, were around housing, and most of those went in favor of the direction that we would like to see council going. We met with council, um, members of the council individually as they came into their new roles to introduce ourselves to them and let them know the work that we do and what um, our, the expectations of our membership was. We also, prior to um, the election, the chamber hosted a coffee and conversations with um, the candidates to learn about what their values were too. So this is kind of a combination of listening to what they wanted to bring to the table, what we were looking for from our membership base, and then how the two can work together to, to strengthen uh, our business community. Great. Thank you for the background on that document. And so this year, I mean, I guess the first year, City has received a passing grade. Um, I believe it was eight out of 12 motions had a green marking on them. Uh, would you like to get into a few of the decisions which were pivotal in producing this outcome? Well, a lot of the decisions that were that were positive for the business community were around um, housing, um, a lot were around applications that have been made put forth by members and the business community as a whole around patios, uh, the housing pledge, you know, things that could help support the economics spin-off of, of different activities like the Memorial Cup, all were things that would benefit uh, the community as well. Uh, the change to 
public market, for example, with Loving Spoonful receiving the, the nod to manage that property going forward, bringing that back to a local business. So it really was, the Greens were really about housing initiatives that were happening. There were still some yellow and red decisions in there. I was wondering if you'd like to get a bit into that. There were a couple of on the on the yellow side, and those were around opportunities that weren't quite aligned with our business expectations for for council. They weren't aligned with our business issues, and they were primarily where we thought there there could be better use of staff time, um, city staff time, and that is on some items. One was the vacancy residency tax. The other um, was another one that wasn't really. It was only a formality vote on opposing home, homes being built faster. It wasn't really something specifically that the, that the city was doing. They were in support of a bill, which was great, but not not really driving anything new here. And just to make a, a note on the two that we did mark in, in red with city budget, although the budget was passed with the lowest property tax increase across cities in the province, we still thought you know it would have been nicer to have not had the increase in the operating budget for the public works department. That was the one piece that was of concern for us. And the, the last was a two week deferral was proposed by city, by the council, uh, despite recommendations by city staff. And we felt that, you know, there wasn't a need to, to really delay that motion. Moving on from the report card, I want to speak a bit about your upcoming event, the Kingston Business Awards. Oh, the Kingston Business Awards, exciting opportunity. The Kingston Business Awards are facilitated by the member-led Kingston Business Awards Committee of the Greater Kingston Chamber of Commerce. We're supported by many, many uh, sponsors. Uh, Our title sponsor this year is MMP, and our partner sponsor is Bell Canada. And the Kingston Business Awards represents an opportunity to continue the evolution of the Business Excellence Awards that we held in 2023. We're launching it forward. This ceremony is being held May 18th at the Isabel Bader Centre, and the theme of the awards is Achieving achievement worth celebrating and we're pleased to have such a great accomplishment of well-rounded group of nominees for this year's awards. Uh, we'd also like to recognize at this, at this event all of our local employers, uh, community supporters, investors, and their favorite haunts as they, as they join us on May 18th. And some of the categories, I know we've, we've talked about them a lot over the last few weeks, but really hospitality, social impact, New business of the year, exciting. Young entrepreneur, skilled trades really took off this year. It was, it's a new award for us. It's only it's our third year and we have eight nominees in that category, I believe it is. And we have customer experience, another new award for us. Our arts and culture award and employer of the year award. And then last but not least, business person of the year. So really an exciting um, evening ahead on May 18th. We've been working with many local businesses to bring this concept to life as we wanted the remarkable achievements of our business community to be celebrated in style. These are Kingston's Business Awards, and it was important to us that they're owned by businesses in our backyard. The logo and branding was designed by Backcountry Branding. The video assets were created by James Media Co. The photos are being taken by Jamstone Productions, and the awards are being produced by BGM Metalworks Inc. and the Westwood Group of Companies. And... A little bit of a side note, I had a sneak peek at them last night and they are incredible. Also, all of our event materials were being prepared right here in Kingston by the teams at Digigraphics and Allegra and the marketing and communications efforts for the awards have been supported by Make It Matter Media. We are so proud to support local and the collaboration we have seen across the Kingston business community preparing for this year's awards has been remarkable. So we look forward to seeing everyone at the event on May 18th at the Isabel Bader Performing Arts Center.
Amazing. And where can folks find tickets for that event and maybe more information? Absolutely. More information we found at kingstonchamber.ca. You can buy your ticket there. It's not too late. Um, it's going to be a great 90 minutes of networking with your colleagues from um, across the region and having some food and some cocktails uh, before we go into the Bisabel Bader Theatre uh, for the award show itself. But lots of activities going on during that networking piece. So don't miss out and, and join us on May 18th at the Isabel Bader Theatre. Once again, that was Karen Cross, CEO of the Greater Kingston Chamber of Commerce. You can find the full City Council report card on kingstonchamber.ca, as well as details about the upcoming Kingston Business Awards on May 18th. You can also be sure to follow them at ChamberYGK on social media to keep up with their upcoming events and initiatives. That is all things current in Kingston for this week. Thank you for listening to CFRC's local news programming. This is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next.